0: Come run, come Come on, come in hello little chickens it has been so long since I have done a podcast episode I was a little bit sick and I sounded like a little froggy but now I'm doing a little bit better my voice still feel, still whoop. my voice still sounds a little bit groggy but it's better than it used to be and I have james with me here today again you want to say hi <coughs> oh he just squawked he's pretending to be a parrot A bald eagle. Oh, just kidding. A bald eagle. All right, so we've got a bald eagle listening to this story today, okay? Are you ready, bald eagle? (laughs) Okay, here we go. Now, if you can remember, I'm in the middle of telling the story of Paul's mission to all the Gentiles he had visited on his first mission to check up on them and make sure they were doing okay and holding strong to their faith in Jesus when he and his companion Silas got to where they were going they met a man named Timothy who was the son of a Jewish mom and a Greek dad the saints in the area round about really respected him but the Jews did not take kindly to him since he had not been circumcised by his Greek father well Paul wanted him to join them on their mission So he asked Timothy to be circumcised so that he could be a missionary that the Jews were more accepting of. Just like we heard in the last story, circumcision wasn't necessary for any man to have in order to be saved. But Paul and Silas and Timothy all thought it would be best so that all the Jews in their area who knew his dad was Greek, would more likely accept him as a believer in Jesus Christ. So, as they traveled through the cities around, they delivered the letters that the apostles had written about circumcision and suggested behavior for the Gentile converts to follow. The saints in the area were strengthened by the missionaries, and their numbers grew bigger and bigger and bigger every day. One night, Paul had a vision— And in his vision, a man from a place called Macedonia said, Please come to Macedonia and help us. Macedonia was a region in Greece. So it was in what we now know uh, today is Europe. Well, the missionaries immediately traveled there and stayed there for a while. The first Sunday they were there, they walked outside of the city called Philippi to sit by a river where a lot of people would go to pray. They sat down and started to speak to the woman there, and there was a certain woman who overheard what they were saying. Her name was, do you know what her name was? No. <laughs> it was Lydia, and she sold cloth dyed the color purple in order to make money. She worshiped God and she kept her heart open to hearing his truth. So when she heard the missionaries' teachings, she decided to be baptized. In fact, everyone in her whole house was baptized. She invited the mission Yeah. She invited the missionaries to stay with her for a while, and they thought it would be a good thing to do so. One day when they were gathering together to pray with the saints, a certain lady approached them. She was possessed with an evil spirit and went about pretending to tell people their fortunes and their futures. And she did it by evil, wicked ways. (coughs) Well, she began to follow Paul around, crying loudly. These men are servants of the Most High God, who shows us the way to be saved. Now, that might sound like a good thing at first, But she followed him around for days and days until Paul was so wearied out (coughs) with her words that he finally turned to her and said to the evil spirit within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of that woman. And the evil spirit left her body and she was left to herself again. I might have mentioned this in another story, but I wanted to remind you that even evil spirits know who Jesus is and who his righteous servants are. But even though they speak truth about the Lord and his servants, it doesn't mean that we should trust them. This is one reason why the Lord always commanded evil spirits that he cast out of people to be quiet about who he was. He knew that the testimonies of these evil spirits would not lead people to salvation. Well, anyway... After the evil spirit came out of the woman, the men who liked to go to her to have their fortunes told realized she wouldn't be able to do that anymore. And so they were upset with Paul and Silas. They caught the missionaries and took them to the marketplace before the rulers and magistrates and said, these Jews are causing trouble in this city. They are teaching people of ways to live that aren't good for us to follow since we are Romans and they are Jews. So a huge group of people in the marketplace raised their voices against the missionaries and the rulers tore their shirts and commanded that the missionaries should be beaten. Can you believe it? (laughs) Well, after they had been whipped many times, the missionaries were thrown into prison and had their feet locked up so they couldn't escape. Well, That night at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and to sing hymns and praises to God. And all the prisoners there heard them. What is your favorite song to sing that praises God? Glory to God in the highest. (laughs) Glory to God in the highest. All right. Well, you can pretend that they were singing that song, and guess what happened? all of a sudden there was a great earthquake and the ground of the I prison <laughs> and the ground of the prison was shaking up well actually nope that didn't happen but the the ground Ooh. yeah the ground was shaken up and immediately all of the doors were open boom and all of the prisoners bands and chains fell off their arms and legs The keeper of the prison or the one in charge woke up and came to see what had happened and when he saw that all the prisoners there had been set free his heart sank within his chest he realized that he was going to be responsible for losing all the prisoners because he thought that they had all run away so uh, he drew out his sword and was going to kill himself so that the Roman rulers couldn't torture him before killing him themselves. But Paul saw him and he cried out and shouted, Hey, don't hurt yourself. We're all here. Not one of us has run away. So the keeper of the prison went and grabbed a light and came into the room where Paul and Silas were. And he was shaking and trembling and he fell down before them and asked, Sirs, what do I need to do to be saved? And they said, Well, you got to believe in Jesus Christ. And you and all of your household will be safe and saved. And then they taught him and everyone in his house about Jesus Christ. And that same night, the prison keeper helped wash their wounds. Because remember, he he and Silas had been whipped. So the keeper helped them wash their wounds. And then... (coughs) he and everyone else in his house were baptized and then they had a delicious feast and rejoiced in their belief in god well the next day the magistrates sent a message to the prison keeper telling him to release the missionaries so he said to paul you can leave in peace now but paul said wait a minute They've beaten us up in public without any declared reasons, and they've thrown us into prison. And now they want us to leave privately? That's not right at all. We are Roman citizens, so they need to come and get them. Them, come and get us themselves. Well, when the prison sergeant told this to the magistrates, they were very scared because they didn't realize that the missionaries were Romans and that they legally should not have treated them that way without holding a trial for them first. So the magistrates came to visit the missionaries and they brought them out of the prison and asked them to leave the city. So the missionaries went to stay at Lydia's house again and they taught for a bit and then they traveled to a place called Thessalonica. And for three weeks they stayed there, and every Sunday while they were there, Paul would teach in the Jewish synagogues about the scriptures and about Christ. Some of the listeners believed him, and some of them wanted to learn more. Some of them were faithful Greeks, and there were a lot of important women there too. But of course, as always, there were some Jews there who did not believe in their words. And they felt jealous. <coughs> they were really jealous of their power and their following. So they gathered up a group of nasty fellows and traveled to a man named Jason's house. You see, the missionaries had been staying at Jason's house. And the wicked Jews went to capture the missionaries there. But when they found that they so weren't... So was named Jason's house? Yep. Well, why was Jason's house letting them stay? Stay at his house. Jason. Jason. <coughs> you okay? Jason must have been a disciple of Christ. He liked the missionaries and let oh. them stay at his house in Thessalonica. <coughs> mm-hmm. Well, but when they found out the missionaries weren't at Jason's house, then they captured Jason and some of his friends and brought them <coughs> to the city rulers. And they said... Hey, these men have turned our world upside down, and Jason is letting these crazy missionaries stay with him, and they're preaching against Caesar, saying that there's another king named Jesus. Well, the rulers were very troubled, so they imprisoned Jason and his friends, and they let the wicked, nasty Jews leave. So, some righteous men sent a message to Paul and Silas, wherever they were, and told them that they needed to escape from the city so that they wouldn't be imprisoned either. So that night, Paul and Silas secretly sc- crept out of the city and went to a land named Berea. And the people by there boat by, by boat or by camel. By boat or by camel? I don't know how they traveled. Maybe they just walked. Well, oh my they went by boat? You think they went by boat? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There, I don't know if there was water in between. The lands. Well, the people in Berea were much, much more righteous than the people in Thessalonica. And they excitedly accepted the words of the missionaries, and their hearts and minds were open to the words of the Lord. And they searched the scriptures each day to see for themselves whether or not the missionaries were speaking the truth. That's pretty great, huh? And many of them believed in the truth, many important and honorable Greeks, both men and women. Well, I think it's no coincidence that these people had faith in the Lord if they were diligently searching the scriptures every day. What do you think? Does your faith increase or decrease when you read the scriptures? Increase. (laughs) Increase. Well, what do you think your faith in Christ would be like if you searched the scriptures and studied them for a long time every single day? (laughs) Be when die. <laughs> you'd be in heaven when you die yeah I think so too I think your faith would increase in Christ because the scriptures all teach us about Christ well of course once the wicked Jews in Thessalonica heard that Paul and Silas and Timothy were teaching in Berea they traveled there too and stirred up the people there against the missionaries man it's crazy that they just couldn't be left alone huh so Paul was whisked away to Athens Greece and waited for Silas and Timothy to join him there as soon as they could so he was hanging out in Athens and while he was waiting for them he took some time to watch the people around him and he started to become concerned that everyone in Athens was idolatrous this means that they worshipped idols or other people or statues or things that were not God and we know that One of the Ten Commandments is that we should have no other gods before our god, huh? Worship that carbon monoxide detector. (laughs) Yep, if we worship a carbon monoxide detector, that would be bad. We would be idolatrous. Arrested. What? Arrested. Arrested? Arrested, I think. Uh, We wouldn't be arrested. Our faith would just decrease in God, and we would be miserable. Well, once Paul saw all these um, these idolatrous people, he decided to preach to them about Jesus and Heavenly Father. And one day, some Epicureans and Stoics came upon him teaching, and they said to themselves, Ooh, what will this babbler say now? You see, everyone in Athens loved to learn about new things and they loved to talk about new things. So when they heard Paul teaching something new, they were intrigued and curious. Well, some of them said, oh, he is teaching about strange gods. Who in the world is Jesus and what in the world is his resurrection? Well, these people brought Paul to a man named Areopagus and they said to him, Can we please learn about this new doctrine? He's teaching new strange things, and we want to know what he means. Um, So they were just so curious and all wanted to hear what Paul had to say. So Paul stood on a hill there called Mars Hill, and he began to teach them. He said, Hello, everyone from Athens. I get the sense that you are all very superstitious in all things. This meant that they believed in fancy and false facts about religion. And then Paul continued, As I walked by your worship services and watched you guys the other day, I found an altar that had a sign on it that said, To the unknown God. So I think it's interesting that you guys worship a God without even knowing him. But I know God and I will tell you about him. God is the one who created this world for us and everything that's in it. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he doesn't live in temples built with hands like you guys like to think. And he also doesn't need to be worshipped with things that we make with our hands. Since he technically doesn't need anything from us. And why would he? He has the power to create anything he wants. He created all the nations, all the land. He created time and he gives life to all things. He even created us. He created mankind and wishes that we would all seek the Lord if our hearts chose to so that we could find him. He's not far from any of us, for he gives us life and the energy and ability to move and live. In fact, some of your own poets have even said that we are God's children. Well, since we're his children... We shouldn't think that he's made out of gold or silver or stone or any image anyone tries to draw on different materials. Now, in the past, God might have ignored the fact that you don't worship him properly. But now, he's commanding everyone, everywhere to repent. There's a day coming in the future when he will judge everyone who has ever lived on the earth to see if they have been righteous or not to see if they've listened to the prophets and apostles and fellow disciples or not. His son, Jesus Christ, will be the judge. And it's the same Jesus Christ who he has resurrected from the dead. Now, when the people there listening to Paul heard him mention the resurrection, some began to mock him and make fun of what he was saying. But other people said, We want to hear more from you about this. And some people believed all that he said. So Paul left them in Athens and traveled to Corinth. While there, he found a certain Jew named Aquila, who had recently traveled there from Italy with his wife Priscilla. The emperor Claudius Caesar had recently commanded that all Jews needed to leave Rome. So Aquila and his wife traveled to Corinth, which was part of Greece. They were tent makers, and Paul knew how to make tents too. So he stayed with them and helped make tents and taught in the synagogues each Sabbath day. After a while, the missionaries Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia to keep teaching with Paul. One day, Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost and testified to the Jews and Greeks that Jesus was the Christ, the chosen Messiah who would save everyone who repented and believed in him. And when the people started to disagree with him, he took off his coat and shook it towards them and said, You guys are choosing to be disbelieving and so you have to deal with the consequences of your decision. I am not responsible for your punishment and I will now travel to the Gentiles to teach them. Well he traveled to stay with a man named Justice who had faith in all that Paul had taught and there was a chief ruler of the synagogue there named Crispus and he and all his household believed in Paul's words and they chose to be baptized. One night Paul had a vision of the Lord Jesus appeared and spoke to him and said Paul don't be afraid to speak truth and teach my doctrine please speak up and do not try to be quiet about it I am with you and no one will be able to hurt you I have many saints in this city so please preach please preach freely well when Paul woke up he did just as the Lord asked him He started preaching and teaching with great energy. And he stayed in that place for a year and six months. Nobody kicked him out. And um, there were so many saints there who listened to him and believed in God and Jesus and the truths of eternity. Well, after a while. mm What's 12 plus 6? 18. So he stayed there for 18 months? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, and after a while, Paul began to travel around with Aquila and Priscilla, and he came to a place called Ephesus and began teaching the Jews in the synagogues there. They believed in his words and begged him to stay with them, but he said, "'Sorry, guys, I've got to go back to Jerusalem for an upcoming feast, but I will come back to you if God wants me to.' Well, then he left and sailed to lands all round about, Teaching and preaching and strengthening Christ's disciples. Then a mighty disciple of Christ named Apollos came to Ephesus and spoke to the disciples there and taught diligently about Christ's doctrine. But there was one problem. He only knew about baptism the way that John the Baptist had baptized people. He didn't understand that Jesus had followed John's time to baptize people with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Well, as Apollos went around preaching one day, luckily Priscilla and Aquila heard what he was teaching. And they looked at each other, and then they went to Apollos and pulled him aside to talk to him in private. And they taught him about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost after baptism by immersion in water. Oh, he was very grateful for this correction and traveled around mightily convincing the Jews that Jesus was the Christ through the power of the scriptures. He studied the scriptures diligently each day and used the scriptures to teach others about Christ, just like the missionaries for our church do today. Now, Apollos traveled to Corinth, and Paul traveled back to Ephesus and checked in with about 12 of the people that Apollos had taught. When Paul asked them if they had received the Holy Ghost, the people said, "Uh, "...we haven't ever heard about a Holy Ghost." And Paul said, wait, then how are you baptized? Did anything happen after you were baptized? And they said, well, we were baptized the same way that John the Baptist baptized people. And Paul said, ah, well, John baptized people and taught them about repentance and that there was going to be someone who came after him who they should believe, meaning Jesus Christ. And he gave them the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, after these 12 disciples had heard this, they were rebaptized properly in Jesus Christ's name. And then Paul laid his hands on their heads and, through his priesthood authority, gave them the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when that happened, they all spoke with tongues in different languages and prophesied. Well, Paul stuck around for another three months teaching people about God's kingdom. But when a group of unbelievers came and started arguing with the saints and trying to make them disbelieve in Paul's words, then Paul started teaching somewhere else. He taught all over for two years, and God used Paul to help bring about a very... Twelve plus twelve. Twenty-four. So he stuck around for twenty-four months. Yep, he traveled all around for 24 months teaching people and performing miracles. In fact, sick people could be healed through their faith just by touching a handkerchief or an article of clothing that was his. Can you believe that? No. Yep, in fact, Joseph Smith once healed someone the same way. If I remember correctly, there was someone who needed to be healed from a sickness, but he could not travel there in time to get where he needed to be he was on his way somewhere else and he sent one of the apostles with an article of his clothing I think it was a handkerchief and said go and uh go and put this on the sick person's face and give them a blessing and they will be healed and they were healed well let's see back to the story There were some Jews at that time called exorcists who went about trying to cast evil spirits out of people in Christ's name even though they did not have God's true priesthood. So do you think they were able to do it? Nope. You are right. And let me tell you a quick story about these exorcists. One time they tried to cast an evil spirit out of someone but the evil spirit said to them, i know jesus and i know paul but who are you this is proof that evil spirits recognize god's priesthood power and those who hold his priesthood power at that moment the man who had the evil spirit leapt on the exorcist and stripped them of their clothes and beat them up so the men all ran out of his house naked and wounded news of what had happened tra- naked uh-huh and news of what had happened traveled all over and jesus's name was spread far and wide a That's lot why of- we know jesus Uh huh. yeah and a lot of people who tried to perform miracles by not using god's power got together and burned their books and repented for not worshiping god they they heard truth and they believed in it and so they tried to change and get rid of anything in their lives that would uh, try to tempt them away from believing in god well one day there was a man named demetrius and he earned money by making and selling little silver statues of a goddess they worshiped there named diana he gathered his fellow workmen together and said You guys know that we make money when people buy our statues and creations of Diana, right? Well, there's a problem in Ephesus and throughout all Asia. That man named Paul is traveling throughout all the lands, convincing people that there's only one God and that he isn't made with hands. As more and more people start to believe him, fewer and fewer people buy our merchandise and we lose money. "'This can't keep happening. "'We don't want our great goddess Diana to be forgotten.' "'Well, the craftsmen caused such a ruckus "'and shouted all over, "'Great is Diana of the Ephesians!' "'They gathered such a following "'that a huge crowd gathered into an amphitheater "'and captured two of Paul's travel companions "'named Gaius and Aristarchus "'and set them in the middle of the great crowd of people.' So an amphitheater is like a huge circle. Cinema. Yeah, like a cinema or like a huge circle of chairs and bleachers. And in the middle is is like a stage or an arena. And um, so these poor disciples were stuck in the middle of all these angry people. And when Paul heard what was going on, he rushed to enter the middle of the amphitheater, but his fellow disciples and friends throughout Asia said, no, Paul, no, do not enter into the amphitheater. Those people are angry at you and we are worried about your safety. The amphitheater was crowded with thousands and thousands of people and a lot of them were confused and weren't quite certain why they were all gathered together. Well, they pulled a man named Alexander out of the crowd and put him in the middle of the amphitheater. And before he could open his mouth to defend himself against the people, they discovered that he was a Jew. And so for two whole hours, the crowd there chanted over and over the phrase, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And they shouted this over and over and over. For two hours! Can you believe that? No. If I was Alexander, I probably would have been pretty scared. Well, there was a clerk there who calmed the people down, and he said loudly, "'You people of Ephesus, everyone here understand that the Ephesians worship the goddess named Diana. "'It's just a fact that can't be spoken against, so please be quiet and don't make any rash decisions.'" These men that you have pulled in the center of your crowd haven't done anything terrible. They haven't robbed any churches, and they don't speak badly against your goddess. If Demetrius, the man who started all this ruckus, has a problem with these men, then he can bring his problems to the court and go about things legally. We have laws set in place so that this can happen. We could very well get in trouble for everything that has happened today since we haven't done things according to our laws." After he finished speaking, the crowds realized that he was actually very wise and they left. After the huge uproar had finished, Paul gathered the disciples to him and hugged them and comforted them. And then he left to travel again. Once when he was in Troas, he Trois? attended... Troas? Uh-huh. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but I think that's how you pronounce it. But while he was there, he attended a sacrament meeting and taught and I preached... I think Troas. Troas? Yeah, well, while he was there, he was te- preaching and teaching for hours and hours, and there was a man sitting in a high window in the room who fell asleep while Paul was talking. And in his sleep... He lost his balance and fell down to the ground and died. But Paul ran to him and hugged him and said to everyone there, Don't be worried. He's still alive. And lo and behold, he used his priesthood power to raise this young man from the dead. He actually stood up and ate some food. I think it's truly miraculous what can be done when we use God's priesthood power worthily and correctly. Well, Paul continued traveling around, and he was determined to return to Jerusalem. Remember, he had told some of his friends before that he couldn't stay with them because he needed to go to Jerusalem. Well, he, need, he knew he needed to get back there, even though he understood that doing so could put, him in, put himself in great danger. So he called all the elders from the church established in Ephesus and gave them a farewell talk, since he was pretty sure he would never see them again he bore his testimony of Christ to them, and he said, I'm about to head to Jerusalem, and although I don't know what will happen to me there, the Holy Ghost has been telling me frequently on my travels that I will be afflicted in Jerusalem. And even though that seems kind of scary, it doesn't really bother me because I don't really care for my own life. That means that I am willing to die for Jesus Christ. I want to finish my life with joy, and this mission that I have received from the Lord to testify to the world of God's grace brings me joy. Please remember that I have not taught people to sin, but only ever to believe in God. Now it's your turn to make sure that to, to watch over God's flock in this part of the land and feed them with God's word. Christ has purchased his saints with his blood. And I know that after I've left, some nasty men will enter into the church just like wolves and will try to lead Christ's sheep away from the flock of this church. So please, please watch and be diligent to watch for anyone trying to deceive you. And remember the things that I've taught you the past three years as I've traveled and taught with you. After speaking to them a little more, Paul knelt down and prayed with the Ephesian elders and afterwards they all hugged and kissed and cried because they would miss Paul so much. Well, Paul and his mission companions traveled around for a little bit longer as they waited for the Holy Ghost to tell them it was time to travel to Jerusalem. One day they were in Caesarea staying with a man named Philip who had four daughters and he prophesied of Christ. There was a prophet who traveled there from Judea, and his name was Agabus. He took Paul's girdle, which was sort of like a belt, and he used it to tie up his own hands and feet, and he prophesied and said, The Holy Ghost is telling me that whoever this girdle belongs to will be tied up just like this by the Jews in Jerusalem, and the Jews will deliver him to the Romans there. When Paul's friends heard this, they said, Oh, Paul, please don't go to Jerusalem. We do not want you to suffer and die. And Paul said, Why are you crying? You're breaking my heart. I am not only ready to be tied up, but I am ready to die in Jerusalem for my Lord Jesus. And even though his friends tried to stop him, he would not be persuaded to stay away from Jerusalem. So his friends said, Oh, Paul, we hope God's work and will will be done. And after that, they traveled to Jerusalem. The apostles and disciples there were glad to see their missionary friends again. One day, they all gathered together, and Paul gave a report of everything that he had been doing the past few years during his missions to the Gentiles. When everyone heard his stories, they glorified the Lord, They said to Paul, Good news! We have had many thousands of Jews who believe in Jesus Christ, but they follow the law of Moses very strictly. And they have heard rumors that you have been teaching the Jews in other lands that they don't need to care about the law of Moses at all, and that they don't need to circumcise their children or follow our Jewish customs and traditions. This is actually pretty upsetting to them. Uh, What do you think about this? We we feel it's important to help keep the Gentiles and Jews united together in their beliefs in Christ. So we were wondering if you could help us with this. There's a group of Jews who are about to enter into the temple to purify themselves after traveling around the Gentiles. And we recommend that you do it too, as a sign to the Jews here that you are a devout, obedient Jew who honors the the law of Moses. Because you remember that according to the law of Moses, it was not good for a Jew to enter the house of a Gentile. And it would make them impure or unclean according to the Jews. And so they had a cleansing ritual at the temple. And so that's why the leader said, we think it would be wise for you to come do this cleansing ritual. um, To show the Jews here that you still honor the law of Moses. They also said to Paul, Regarding the Gentiles you have taught, don't worry. We've written more letters to them telling them that it's not necessary that they circumcise their kids. But we did tell them it's still important that they follow certain laws of Moses, like not worshipping idols and not eating bloody food and not touching one another inappropriately. Uh, Or committing adultery. Yep, or committing adultery. And Paul listened to these men and agreed with them. So the very next day, he started the seven-day purification ritual in the temple there in Jerusalem. On his last day in the temple, there were some Jews there from Asia who saw Paul and grabbed him and called out to all the Jews there, Men of Israel, help us! This man goes around teaching everyone to ignore the laws of Moses and to forget about this temple in Jerusalem. He's even brought Greeks into the temple, which is against the laws of Moses, and he's polluted our temple! Now, you must understand that these men were incorrect. Paul had not broken the law of Moses or brought any Gentiles into the temple. But everyone there still believed them. So the people gathered together and pulled Paul right out of the temple. And they began to beat him up because they wanted to kill him. Ugh. Well, thankfully, news of the uproar traveled to the Roman ch- chief captain... So the captain and his soldiers and centurions ran to where this was happening and broke up the fight. The Jews backed away from Paul, and the chief captain took him and had him bound in two chains. And he demanded of Paul, Who are you, and what have you done to cause such an uproar? Before Paul could answer for himself, some Jews from the crowd started crying out different answers. And the chief captain couldn't figure out what was going on. So he commanded that Paul should be carried into the military houses where the Romans stayed. Poor Paul had been beaten up so badly by the Jews that he couldn't walk. So some of the Roman soldiers had to carry him. And a huge group of Jews followed after them, shouting, Away with him! After Paul was carried into the military houses, he asked the chief captain, Can I speak with you? And the captain said, Wait, what? You're speaking Greek? I didn't know you could speak Greek. Aren't you that one Egyptian who once led away a group of 4,000 men into the desert who planned to tear down the walls of Jerusalem and kill all the Romans? And Paul said, Nope, I am not that guy. He said, I'm actually just a Jew from Tarsus, which is a city in Cilicia. Please, sir, let me please talk to the Jews. And the chief captain said, Okay. So Paul stood on the stairs of the building, and once there was silence, he began to speak to these guys in Hebrew. So he spoke Hebrew to the Jews and Greek to the Romans. Well, that is the end of the story he could for today. speak tongues. Yeah he, yeah, he could speak different languages, huh? hmm Well. <laughs> like I can speak English and Abigail <laughs> yeah, I can speak English. And Abigail, Abigail is our is James's little sister, and she has a peculiar way of speaking, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that is the end of my story about Paul for this time. And the next time, I'll begin my sp- story by telling you what Paul said to the Jews there when he was addressing them. Goodbye, little chickens. Yep. Uh, we'll see you during our next story. Yep. Toodle-oo. I love to clip my toenails. <laughs>